The weeks leading up to Christmas are often this kind of crazy, stress-filled whirlwind that culminates on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whenever we celebrate with family and friends. And then we settle back into a slightly more normal routine and get ready for New Year. We might think that this is similar to the story of Jesus and that after the crazy, stress-filled whirlwind of a trip to Bethlehem, a crowded inn, a noisy stable, smelly manger and the strange visit of the shepherds who talked about hearing the songs of angels, you would think that life got back to, more, to a more normal routine for Mary and Joseph. But that's not what happened. In fact, what happens next reminds me of a scene from another Charlie Brown Christmas special, but not the one you might be thinking of. In 1992, Charles Schultz and Bill Melendez came out with another special called It's Christmas Time Again, Charlie Brown. And I'll be honest, it doesn't have the same charm and power as the first one, but the opening scene of the special looks like the first few years of life for Mary, Joseph, and their baby Jesus. You can see for Linus, everything looked good too, and the plan was solid, right? Climbing the box and sled smoothly down the hill, what could go wrong? <laughs> Everything. There you go. Uh, the same for Jesus and his family. He arrived in this world and all the craziness was over and everything was going fairly well. In fact, the family had even been visited by some mag magi who gave them gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So everything looked good until the night that Joseph had a dream. Hear the story as recorded in Matthew chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 16. You'll be able to read it on the, on the boards. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in, in Judea, they said, For this is what the prophet wrote, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Ha, 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 I wouldn't trust that guy. <laughs> After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over to the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. Listen to this. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to King Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up! Flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. 
That night Joseph left for Egypt and a child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on a wise men's report of the star's first appearance. So, suddenly, life for Joseph's family was off to a very rough start. I'm sure Mary and Joseph's plan had been to return home from Bethlehem and raise their child, the Son of God, among family and friends, not to have to flee to Egypt and live with a bunch of strangers. Think about it. Isaiah, the prophet, said that their child was the Prince of Peace, and yet as an innocent baby, he is being threatened and attacked by one of the most ruthless rulers Judea had ever known. Write this down in the dust in your dashboard. Herod was a bad dude. Herod was a worldly king of the Jewish people, and he was known as a power-hungry man who would do anything necessary to keep his hands on the throne. He was jealous and suspicious of everyone. In fact, when Herod first became king, he assassinated most of the Sanhedrin, which was the ruling body of the Jewish people. He even murdered his wife and mother and three of his own sons in order to make sure he maintained control and that there would never be any other heirs to his throne. Yikes, bad guy. So when some magi told him that a new king had been born, Herod thought nothing of finding this king and having him killed. So Herod ordered the death of all the children in and around Bethlehem. So it was a rough start for Mary and Joseph as they fled to Egypt. But what we need to remember is that even though things weren't at all what they expected, God was still at work. God knew what Herod was going to do, which is why he didn't send the Magi back to Herod after they visited Jesus. By warning them to go home a different way, it gave Mary and Joseph a head start in their escape. Mary and Joseph couldn't see it, but God was at work all during this time. At just the right moment, an angel came and warned them to get out of Bethlehem, and because God had sent the Magi to Jesus, Mary and Joseph, now, get this, Mary and Joseph had, now had some gold to help them on their journey. I never thought of that. They used the gold on their journey to Egypt. Here's the lesson in this story. God is always at work, and God always has a plan, even when we cannot see it. As we enter into this new year, we need to remember that there are going to be unexpected and difficult moments in our lives, and yet there is nothing unexpected to God. God knows what is going to take place, and God is already working on a plan to make us, to make, for us to make it through it. God was not only telling Mary and Joseph that they needed to run, but he was preparing all the places where their journey would take them that we don't know what happened during their flight to Egypt tells us that things at this point went a little more smoothly, and that's because God had already made a way. The end of the story is that Herod died, and Joseph was told in another dream that it was safe for him and his family to return, so they went back to Nazareth. God was at work even if Mary and Joseph didn't see it, and God is at work in us and in our lives 
even when we don't see it. Another truth of this story is how God often takes what we might think of as insignificant and uses it for something amazing. What was it that led the Magi to search for the new king? What was it? It was a star. Something we see by the thousands on a clear night. And what was it that told Joseph that he should flee Bethlehem and then return home? It was a dream. Something we do often as well. You see, God takes seemingly simple and insignificant things and uses them for something amazing, but only if we are willing to look and listen. Let's switch to a different story for a second. When a telegraph was the fastest means of long-distance communication, a young man applied for a job as a Morris Code operator. Does everyone know what Morris Code is? No? Okay, Morris Code is where uh, it's a series of dots and dashes that uh, 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 different, let, uh, different dots in the... I knew I'd have trouble <laughs> explaining this. <laughs> dots and dashes, and, and they represent letters. So when you hear da 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 that's what the Morris Code sounds like. And the universal distress signal for uh, uh, SOS is da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
So they were in tune with the simple, ordinary aspects of life, and through them, God did amazing things. So as the new year approaches, my encouragement to you is to pay attention to the simple and ordinary things of life and look for God to use them in amazing ways. Maybe it will come through our routines at work or through our dedication and commitment and worship. Maybe it will come during times of prayer or praise or even play. But if we know God is always working in us, then we need to watch and wait for him to appear. Too many times we look for God, we look to God to give us some kind of spectacular sign when what we really need to do is pay attention to the simple things that God does every day. One author put it this way, God is obvious enough so that those who want to see him can see him, but hidden enough so those that don't want to see him can't avoid him. God desires faith and trust because he seeks love from people, not forced behavior from robots. In fact, in the book of James, uh, James chapter 4, verse 8, we are told, come near to God and what? He will come near to you. The truth is, you are as close to God as you choose to be. God uses simple things to grow our faith. He uses Bible teaching. He uses relationships, spiritual disciplines, our involvement in a ministry, or the circumstances of our lives to lead us and grow us. The question is, will we slow down and look for God in these simple things and learn how to use them to grow daily? That's the ultimate question. I submit that we need to be diligent seekers and from my personal experience, that we need to accept each day as it comes and strive to find him in the midst, in the middle, or the heart of every situation. Seek to understand every event as a hand-tailored provision for your needs and a special reminder of his presence. So it was a rough start for Mary and Joseph and Jesus. They were persecuted and forced from their home, but they listened to God, they trusted what he said, and set off to Egypt. Who would have thought that Charlie Brown would lead us to Matthew 2 and the story of Mary and Joseph facing a rocky start to their life as a family? But here's the life application of the story for those who are, who are here today. We need a new mindset as we move into this new year. And there are two things that can help with this. First, we need to keep our eyes, our minds, and our hearts focused on the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul tells us that we can do this by only thinking about those things that are godly. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So, we have to look to the things of God and not the things of this world. And we need to allow God's values and priorities to do what? We need his priorities to shape us. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus who shows us what it looks like to be a citizen of God's kingdom. The second thing we need to do to move towards God's kingdom, God's kingdom is to be willing to leave everything behind. That's a tough one. Jesus said the very same thing to those that wanted to follow him. He said in Matthew chapter 16, 
verse 24 and 25, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. To follow Jesus means we have to leave our attachment to the things of this world and at times even leave our own hopes and dreams behind. That's tough to do. Whether this new year begins with a good start or a rough start or challenges appear in the weeks and months to come, what we can be sure of is that God is at work in our lives and we can find God working if we will look for him in the simple, ordinary events of daily life. As we move toward our home in the kingdom of God, let us trust God to provide for us and give us the strength and faith and courage to persevere. Persevere each day as we serve him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you do offer us ultimate security in life through Christ our Lord. If someone today has not yet invited Jesus to become Lord of their life, please help them to do so today. Lord, thank you that you do provide for all of our needs. Help us to watch this new year for how you want to guide us into your grand plan. You are our God and we are your people. Help us to be fully committed to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said,